0: Hello, and welcome to the Alternative GCSE podcast. My name is Emma Howe, your host. I've worked within the education system now for over 12 years in various capacities and right now I run a successful business in education supporting hundreds of teens and their families. Uh, This podcast is an exploration into a wide range of subjects that are often not mentioned in school or at school but do affect a lot of people and this week we're going to be focusing on dyslexia. Most people see it as a reason why some people can't read a bit slow Not doing so well at school but to be honest with you there are so many more things to dyslexia so let's begin I think the first time I'd ever heard of dyslexia it was during my teacher training there was no module or essay on it but I just kind of learned on the job that there are some children with it and you have to maybe just teach them a little slower until they get it that was pretty much what I thought 12 13 years ago now looking back the training was absolutely low rate and I didn't fully grasp what dyslexia was or how to assist pupils with it. That was until I began my tutoring business. There and only then did I have the actual time to sit with someone with dyslexia and really unravel what was going on in their minds. I often met a series of mostly boys who were told from an early age that There were slow readers, they could never do the spellings, and from an early age had become pretty disinterested in a lot of learning because everything was a little tougher to grasp, and no teacher really seemed to spend the time with them understanding why. But that was about a decade ago now, and today I am armed with a lot of research and information that means if I meet someone with dyslexia, instantly I know how to raise their game academically. But more importantly, boost their confidence and try to undo all of the negative and the failure that they have inside of them. Now, you may be listening to this and not know what dyslexia is, or maybe you have a son or daughter or yourself that has it. So, first of all, I need to break it down for you. I'm going to read something. According to the International Dyslexia Association, this is the definition of dyslexia. Dyslexia is a specific learning disability that is neurobiological in origin. It is characterised by difficulties with accurate and or fluent word recognition and also poor spelling and decoding abilities. These difficulties typically result from a deficit in the phonological component of language that is often unexpected in relation to other cognitive abilities and the provision of effective classroom instruction. Secondary consequences may include problems in reading comprehension, and reduced reading experience that can impede or prevent the growth of vocabulary and background knowledge. That was quite wordy, wasn't it? I'm gonna break it all down for you because I'm not a fan of the definition myself. Essentially, those people who have dyslexia, this is my own definition, have a slightly different brain. That's what I can figure out and that's from all the research that I've looked at, that is exactly what is going on. People with dyslexia tend to have trouble processing letters from a young age, which is not often fully supported or understood by teachers. The letters kind of could look backwards. They could look like they're moving on the page. And obviously this affects how they are introduced to the written word. Um, It can often mean that children end up in lower sets in their classes And as an ongoing knock-on effect, these children then typically fall out of love with English because they're not supported and they're labelled as dumb or stupid from an early age. Now, I'm going to tell you a story about one very beautiful, lovely girl that I had the pleasure of working with a few years ago. She went to a really prestigious prep school in North London. but She had dyslexia and she was repeatedly told by her year three teacher that she was stupid. And would never be able to write like the rest of the children in her class. The teacher actually said this in front of the rest of the class. And unfortunately, this is quite common. I met her though when she was 15 for the first time. And she was still attending a really good private school, different one. But the words of her three year old teacher still echoed in her mind every time she would sit down to write. And as a result, she felt like a failure. She believed she was a failure and she was failing. She was not doing very well in English. I came in and I gave her strategies and I kind of clawed away at those feelings that she didn't think she was good enough to the point where she actually believed that she could do it. And she did. And she passed her GCSE English. You see, sociologists call this idea of feeling like a failure, a self-fulfilling prophecy which is supported by something called the labeling theory. And it's the idea that if you're told something from an early age, if you put in a box, and that could be any box, in this case, you're dyslexic, you cannot do as well as the others. So I'll put you in the bottom set. Then you're stupid and will forever be stupid. And this really, really needs to change because it's total rubbish. There are some staggering statistics on dyslexia. And as I was researching this podcast, I found a lot. I'm going to share one with you. There was a recent government, Department of Education data published by the Coventry University, and they said, this was published in uh, August, over 80,000 of the young people collecting GCSE results in 2019 will be dyslexic. If the trend of recent years continues, their chance of getting a good pass in their English and maths will be just half of that of their peers. Despite being just as able as their classmates, they are twice as likely to fail to get those critical grades. That's crazy. 50 percent. So 40,000 young people of the 50% who have dyslexia, will not pass English or maths. That is a crazy amount of people that are basically never going to pass English or maths as a GCSE. And because of education and the way that it impacts people's lives and opens doors, that means for those 40,000 kids at the age of 16, a lot of doors are shut, and it'll be really hard for them to open up. It's absolutely mad. There's further research by Angela Thompson, and it shows that in 2018 to the year before, 70.6% of learners who do not have special needs at all will achieve grade nine to four in GCSE maths, compared with only 35% of learners with dyslexia or another specific learning difficulty um, achieving the same level. So what kind of impact could this have long term? And how do we help change the situation? If you think about our society, it kind of expects a certain level of academic success to show that you as a person are successful. If you cannot get a GCSE grade in the UK, then it's almost impossible to get into college, do A-levels. They're, well, certainly out of the question, and you can forget the university. So what's left? Probably service jobs, starting your own business, just like some incredibly famous people with dyslexia, like Richard Branson, Robin Williams. Even Albert Einstein was said to have had it. But these are really in the minority. For an alarming number of young people, they instead turn to crime. And in the UK, at the moment, there's a lot of people in prison who have dyslexia. This is a common correlation, but it's very, very rarely spoken about in mainstream media and in education. In 2021, so really recent, I'm not a fan of him, but Matt Hancock did this whole big thing about dyslexia because he found that he had dyslexia or knew about it and wanted to kind of voice it. He published something and and did a whole talk in November 2021 to discuss how the process of identification, diagnosis, and support of dyslexia in educational and custodial settings could be improved, so in prison basically and also in schools. They, again, produce staggering statistics. And I'm going to share with you the numbers because I think it's really important. Today, 6.3 million people in the UK are said to have had dyslexia, which is about 10% of the population. Alarmingly, research in the 2021 review of neurodiversity in the criminal justice system suggests that the prevalence of dyslexia could be as much as five times greater among the adult prison population, like 50%. Although individuals with neurodivergent conditions are overrepresented in the justice system, a government commission review found that there is no guarantee that a neurodivergent person coming into contact with a criminal justice system will have their needs identified, let alone met at any stage of the process. What that means is that as of June 2021, the UK had a total prison population of about 87,550 people. This report is saying that 50% of those people, so that is 43,775 people in prison have dyslexia. I'll say it again, an estimate, there's 43,775 prisoners in the UK who have dyslexia. Whilst it's an estimate, it's a pretty accurate one from all the sources that I've looked at. So why is there such a huge correlation and why have so many people been lost in the education system and then been passed on to the criminal justice system? Quite simply, those people were not spotted, diagnosed and then supported through their school, which meant that they were failures and they were labelled as that and then left that is so dangerous because if a child has no faith in themselves within education, which is a huge extension, extension sorry, of being um, a success in society, they're basically outcast. And so people that are outcast from society will often find a purpose in other activities that society doesn't deem appropriate, which is crime. And there are hundreds of sociologists that work on this stuff And as I say, it's just not reported. So how can teachers, parents and you be better at helping and supporting kids with dyslexia? That's tough because children with dyslexia need support from trained individuals and an awful lot of time. The first sign for me that someone may have dyslexia is often their unwillingness to write or read aloud. It's a huge, huge Red flag for me. Their body language as well will immediately droop compared to, say, if you ask them about a sport they like or their biggest passion in life. The other big indicator is their ability to grasp humour, actually, in particular sarcasm, and their ability to see a problem in a different way to most other children. So this could be a puzzle or a math problem that you act out with them to avoid the language barrier. Then truth is that people with dyslexia may not be able to grasp reading or writing as easily as other children, But they see the world in a whole different way, which is why the title of this podcast is Why I Think Dyslexia is a Superpower. Because although I've given you some really horrible and startling facts about dyslexia, loads of people with dyslexia are incredibly smart absolutely and I've worked with so many of them and they see a problem and I just have no idea how they got there but they got to the right answer and they've explained it to me and it's a magical mysterious tour in their brain that they unraveled to me and it's glorious because I have no idea how they get there. Some careers um, are really good with people uh, for not only dyslexia but also ADHD and ADD. Both conditions often come with increased activity. In their book, The Dyslexic Advantage, I've actually got a copy. There's an advanced copy of this coming out in February next year. Uh, Brock and Fanny Ede outline the talents of dyslexics that may be due to a difference in brain structure. The Eads say there are currently about 25 papers exploring the connection between dyslexia and certain talents and abilities. And whilst most studies are made with small samples and are published in strange journals, um, they'd say what mattered was the recurrent evidence found around the world of people who struggle with dyslexia, excelling in areas like engineering, the arts, design and entrepreneurship. Here are some other amazing people with dyslexia. Did you know Pablo Picasso, one of the world's most famous artists, had dyslexia? So did Andy Warhol and the sculptor Auguste Rodding. Other famous actors with dyslexia include Tom Cruise, Jim Carrey, Keanu Reeves and Jennifer Aniston. Famous dyslexic scientists include Alexander Graham Bell, the inventor of the telephone, and Pierre Curie, who discovered radium and polonium. Other famous dyslexic sports people include Magic Johnson, the basketball player, and Jackie Stewart, the motor racing driver. Famous engineers include Henry Ford, the developer of the first assembly line, and the Wright Brothers, the creator of the first aeroplane. Imagine if out of all of those prisoners, those 47,000 prisoners in the UK who have dyslexia, that one of them, just one, had the ideas of one of the guys I've just mentioned, because their teacher put them down, because they were seen as slower than the rest of the other kids and because of their disinterest in learning of education. We will never know what kind of potential they had. So how do we solve this? It's a big problem. The simplest way, I think, is to test every single student at the age of five for a multiple of different learning disabilities. But they should do it in schools, in-house, with an educational psychologist. Now, it's expensive, and it is time-consuming, and it goes against the current framework of everyone fitting into a box. But if I go back to the stats on prisoners, if we have 43,000 prisoners with dyslexia, every single year, each of those prisoners costs UK taxpayers around £40,000 a year. That means every single year, these dyslexic prisoners are costing us £1.7 billion a year to keep them in prison. Now, the average cost of an educational psychologist report is between 500 and £700. If every single child, there's roughly 4 million children starting school this year, so that does equate to £2.7 billion a year. Now, these prices can be reduced, of course, because if everyone's doing it, then there'll be better testing, there'll be more funding put into it, and that £2.7 billion at the moment from private education psychology will be massively reduced. As a result, we could see kids supported, identified sooner, and no kid would feel like a failure because if dyslexia's uh, marketing, if you like, is risen, then teachers will be more invested in learning and schools will be more invested in facilitating every type of kid. As a result, we can see the prison population fall dramatically, which can only benefit the wider society because all of those prisoners, those 43,000 prisoners, will actually be contributing and happier and pay Back into taxes. So it's going to help the society as a whole. It would also raise young children with the tools they need to thrive and not feel lesser than anyone else. And all teachers would see that dyslexia is actually a, just a different way of learning. I know it sounds radical, it's obviously expensive, but if schools had the tools to test pupils or each grad a teacher with extra training and testing, maybe a master's in it, we paid them more. This would actually lower costs and it wouldn't be as expensive. So that's prevention sorted. Well, that's my idea, school. But what now? Obviously, that's not happening. But if your child seems to have the characteristics of dyslexia or indeed any type of disinterest in learning, first of all, ask them how they feel. What have they been told and which subjects they believe they're not good at? Once you figure this out, you need to then contact the SENCO or the special needs coordinator of the school to discuss concerns and basically a plan of action. From there, the school should be able to assess the pupil, your son or daughter, or use an external candidate, an external assessor to help. However, all schools do have limited funds and they may require you to go and do this by yourself. It may be expensive and you cannot part with the money, maybe, so keep on at school until they help you. Unsupported dyslexia can have such huge ripples on confidence and potential. It really should be helped, supported and nurtured rather than kids being told that they're failures. Finally, if you have dyslexia and this is the first time you've heard anything positive about it, then keep searching. Keep finding your people. There is so much information on dyslexia. Technology like pens that read for you, different coloured plastics called overlay that stop the writing from jumping up and down so you can actually read it. There are all kinds of books and videos on ways to help you learn with it. And you need to help yourself. You have been given, if you have dyslexia, I believe you've been given an extraordinary gift that you may not realise. But if it becomes untapped, if you can untap that gift, you may just be able to find something that you love and run with it and achieve more than you ever thought or could dream of. That's all for today. (laughs) If you have dyslexia, you know someone that has it or you would like me to join me on the podcast to discuss this i would love a guest or any other idea then i would love to hear from you rate review and follow me also it allows other people to know i'm here and hopefully get some incredible conversations going to bring about change